Good morning, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well today. It's so great to have you here at New Hope. And I just hope you've had a great weekend or an eventful weekend and you can take today and rest after church. And, and I, love, I love the reminders of rest constantly in Scripture and all the aspects of rest and what that means. And I know to me that just means doing less and taking time to sit and maybe sleep and to think about all that God has done this week, to take a day where we don't just rest personally, selfishly, but we, we look and say, what all has he done in my life this week? What really hard moments happened this week that he got me through? Or what celebrations can we have? So today I encourage you to do that after church, to sit with your family and discuss what all God has done in your life this week. Um, because I know it's a lot if you stop and think about it. Tonight starts our ministry team night meetings tonight, so please, if you did not get the flyer, there's two different flyers, pretty much the same information, grab that, and if you don't have a team you're a part of at New Hope, pick one that you'd like to join from the info sheet and come and join us, summer tonight and summer next week, so um, we will be doing that tonight, and the whole church, um, we would love for you to come at 6 o'clock to the Hope Center for our Christmas in Earl meeting. Um, event planning. So we are going to be talking all about that at six o'clock in the Hope Center. That will be our last team ministry meeting for the whole church. So let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you that we get to come before you and, and speak with you and worship you from all ages, from the babies downstairs through the oldest. Lord, we praise you for every life here and what they mean to you and your kingdom and your ministry. And we just pray that our, our eyes are, and ears are open today to whatever you have for us. That Pastor Russ's words speak truth into us. That we could leave here changed. That we could leave here with something new that we need to, to read and study and discuss and teach others about. Thank you so much for all that you've done through this church and in this church and for each person that's here and online, Lord. We love you so much, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Every time I try to make it on my own Every time I try to stand and start to fall And all those lonely roads that I have traveled
I've had a good morning. How about y'all? Amen. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. And man, isn't the weather just glorious today? Fall is here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I had to put on a little jacket this morning, maybe, didn't you? Maybe, how many of you turned the heat on last night? Or maybe this morning when you got up? A few of you did. It won't be long, we'll be cranking the heat up. Uh, but it was a, been a good day. And I, I want to say thank you all for uh, the pastor appreciation meal last week. Uh, we had a, a delightful time. You guys packed it out, and it was a, a really great evening. Thank you for everybody that, that helped put that together. And, and, and I, know, I know if the truth be told, most of you came because there was a free meal, right? <laughs> and the meal was good. It really was. And we appreciate you coming and uh, spending the evening with us. It was a, a good day. But it was, it was a free meal, right? It was absolutely free. How about that? You didn't have to do anything for it, did you? You just had to show up and get it and eat it, receive it, right? And so it was good. As I was thinking about that this week, I started thinking, you know, that's a lot like grace, isn't it? You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. It's free. All you have to do is receive it and enjoy it. Wow. Grace is something that as we've been singing about this morning, again, in, in so many aspects of God, it's just, we, we wonder why. Why does God love us so much that He would be so gracious to us? That He pours out His love and His mercy on us the way He does. 
And so today we're going to be talking about God's grace and God's amazing grace as we continue on this, this series, building a strong foundation. <clears throat> because we need that strong spiritual foundation to become the people God created us to be. Um, and so in this series, we, we're, we're looking at some of the key ingredients that will enable us to build that foundation that will, that will get us through, that will, that will pass the test of time when, when things come upon us, when the world lays in on us, when, when, when the world gets heavy upon our shoulders. We'll have that foundation to stand on and to stand firm on. We've looked in the last couple of weeks about basing our salvation in, in Christ alone through faith alone. And, and today we're going to look and see how that's only available through God's grace. Through the grace of God and the loving goodness of God. And we, in the last couple of weeks, we've been, we've been touching on the Reformation and where where our faith came from and how it was developed and, and, and what separated, what, what were some of the key things that separated uh, the Baptist faith or, or rather the Protestant faith from the Roman Catholic faith in the 1500s. But the Baptist faith came out of that, uh, the Protestant Reformation in 1517. Uh, that Reformation, it was a, it was a, a widespread theological revolt about what was going on uh, pretty much throughout Europe about the, the abuses that were taking place in the Catholic Church. And the, the Reformers, they were like, enough is enough. We, we want to get back to, to sound doctrine. We want to get back to the Bible and, and away from, from tradition and, 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 and man-made laws and that sort of stuff. But we want to get back to biblical doctrine. And so the heart of the Reformers revolved around four questions and that being number one is how is a person saved? How is a person saved? Where does our religious authority lie? Where does our theology, where, where does our, the, our theology come from? Is it in man or is it in God? What is the church? What is Christian living? And so these were some of the questions that the reformers were trying to ask and trying to work through. And in doing so, they came up with uh, the, 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 the doctrine that separated the Protestant faith from the Catholic faith. And that is that salvation is in Christ alone. Nothing and no one else. It's not, it's not in, in, in Christ plus this or Christ plus that. Uh, salvation is in faith alone. Not in faith plus baptism or faith plus works or Christ plus works. Our faith has to be in Christ alone. And salvation is by grace alone. It is only given to us by the grace of God. And all authority for all our teaching comes from God's Word. The sole authority for, for theology comes through and the church comes through God's Word, not the things that, that man wants to make up or come up with and implement into the church. Rather, all authority is from Scripture and Scripture alone. And all of that for the glory of God. We exist for the, for the glory of God. And so one of the primary uh, cries that came out of the Reformation was salvation by grace alone. And it's proof, salvation is, is proof of God's undeserved favor. Grace is, 
grace just it lets us know that, that, that God loves us. That, that God has chosen us. We're, we're rescued by God, by God's wrath, by God's grace. It has absolutely nothing to do with, with our ability. It has nothing to do with, with what we can do or want to do or, or desire to do. Grace is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit by God. Anglican scholar uh, R.P.C. Hansen defines grace as the free, unmerited, unexpected love or favor of God and all the benefits, delights, and comforts that flow from it. And that is grace. It's free. It's unmerited. It's unexpected. It's the unexpected love or the favor of God. And when we have that, he went on to say that that along with that comes all the benefits, the delights, and the comforts of God's grace. About salvation, Paul writes in, in uh, Romans 11, chapter 6, And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If our salvation is, about, if our salvation is, is based on grace, it can't be about works. It's either grace or works. It's not both. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were grace, if it were, grace would no longer, we would no longer need grace. In other words, we don't need God's grace if we can obtain salvation on our own. We don't need God's grace if we can work good enough and be good enough and try hard enough and, and meet all the expectations to be perfect. If we can do that, we don't need God's grace, do we? And, and not only that, if we don't need God's grace, if we're perfect in every way, if we can get there on our own, we don't need a Savior. And so we don't need God's grace and we don't need a Savior if we claim that anything we do gets us to heaven outside of receiving His grace. At the time, the Roman Catholic Church taught that the Mass was a sacrifice and that, that by, by their Mass, God grants grace and their, their penance forgives their sin. So it was their... It was their actions of going to Mass and paying for their sins that granted them salvation. The Reformers were like, I can't get that out of Scripture. I can't find that in Scriptures. And so the Reformers rejected that and returned to the Bible by saying it's by grace. That it's by grace through faith in Christ alone that we're saved. It's by God's grace, our faith in Christ alone that we're saved. Nothing else, no one else, no other actions needed, but it's all in the grace and faith in Christ. Folks, no human accomplishment or, or effort can earn our salvation. It's not for sale. Salvation is, is God's gracious and, and free gift of forgiveness. Praise God that it's free. Praise God that we that we don't have to work for our salvation because not, 
Is there anybody in here perfect? Anybody in here sinless? I didn't, I didn't think so. And so if we could do anything to get to heaven on our own, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need a Savior. We wouldn't need God's grace. And so the reformers were, were looking at it saying, what is the Bible saying about this? The Bible is saying that it's, our salvation is through God's grace that He granted us. That we put our faith and our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ alone, and that's it. You see, God's solution for our ongoing sinfulness is His grace. And as good as we might try to be today, we're all going to sin again today and tomorrow and the next day. And so we need God's grace continually over and over. The Baptist Confession of 1689 uh, addresses this. It says, Christ, by His obedience and death, did fully discharge the debt of all those who are justified and did by the sacrifice of Himself in the blood of His cross, undergoing in their stead the penalty due unto them, make a proper, real, and full satisfaction to God, to God's justice on their behalf. Their justification is only a free grace, that both the exact justice and the rich grace of God might be glorified in the justification of the sinners. As John Newton famously wrote, and we just sang, the, the grace that saves us is simply amazing. No other way to look at it. It's unimaginable. It's amazing grace because it doesn't start with us. It doesn't end with us. But it starts with God and His mercies for us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, For God chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. And the God who has chosen us by His grace is the one who, who calls us out of darkness and, and into the light of Christ. He picks us up out of the, out of the pits of hell and, and gives us the opportunity to go to heaven to spend eternity with Him when we receive Him based on God's grace. Amen? We're not only saved by grace, but we're kept by grace in that we need that grace every day, as I said earlier. In, a, in a, a Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The King James Version says, the author and finisher of our faith. Or, or, or some translations might say, the creator and the sustainer and the finisher of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need God's grace every day, every moment of the day. Every day we are dependent upon God's grace to live as He wants us to live. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, 
It says, for, by, for, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now, now, when does all mean all? All the time. <laughs> okay? So, He makes it available. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Everybody, all the time. If we receive Him. It's God's grace through faith in Christ that brings us to salvation if we choose Him. When we choose Him. In verse 12 it says, God's grace teaches us to say no to the ungodliness and the worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's God's grace that sustains us through that. It's under the leadership of the Holy Spirit that God directs us and, and convicts us and gives us the power to break the chains of sin that keeps us down, that, that holds us down. And in verse 13, he says, while we wait for the blessed hope. While we wait for the blessed hope. While we wait for His appearing. What's that mean? When we wait for His what? Return. I was telling somebody downstairs just earlier that, that, that you know, in, in light of uh, the, the events, the attack on Israel this weekend, and, and the fact that that not only we are studying the book of Daniel the last couple of weeks and prophecy, which I believe is a God thing because it's not only our church, but everybody that buys Lifeway material across the country, across the world, are studying that today. And if nothing else calls us to a reminder that that Christ is coming and Christ is coming soon. And, and so we need to be ready. We need to be prepared because, folks, we are moving at warp speed to the end times, to, the, to, the, to the, His soon return. And, oh, what a glorious day it's going to be. Amen? And praise God for that. And, and, but, but things are going to be really difficult at some point. And, and things are going to continue to move in that way until He returns. And then after He returns, it's going to be total chaos. Amen? But the Bible tells us that, that evil is continuing to grow. Chaos will continue to, to grow. And, and the ability or, or the willingness to, to, to stand up and live the Christian faith, to live out our faith every day is going to be challenged more and more every day. And there's going to become a point in time where we have to choose God or the world, God, or Satan, life, or death. I'm reminded of Columbine, one of the first, I guess the first mass school shooting, where the intruder came in and pointed the gun at the at the girl's forehead and said, do you believe? She said, I do. And she died for her faith. Are we secure enough in our faith to not pander when, when difficulty and trials come our way? 
that while we await for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. That's a sweet word right there. To purify us, to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good, which He created us to do. You see, God's grace assures us that, that, that Christ will return. And because we have that promise, because we have the promise of His return, we can live with a purpose today and tomorrow until He comes. Amen? Or until we meet Him in death. No better Scripture probably sums this teaching up on grace than Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 and 10. It says, For by grace you've been saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It makes it clear, points it out clearly there. It's not from yourself. It's nothing you have done or will do or can do that can save you. It is by grace that you've been saved through your faith. Nothing that you did because it's a gift from God. Not by works, not by anything we did so that no one can boast. So we can't say... Hey, look what I did. Look, I was so good. Look, I gave to church. Look, I came to church. Look, I did this and I did that. It's no good. It's pointless in the eyes of God in our effort to gain salvation. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. By grace that you've been saved through faith, not in yourself, it's a free gift of God, not by your works, but in Christ Jesus. And because of your, your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for God, then those works which we want to do because we love God, because we're wanting to please God, because we're obedient to God, that He had planned in advance for us to do, That is the essence of the gospel right there. That is the essence of salvation through grace. Paul is, is restating here that, 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 that salvation starts with God. The grace that you've been saved. Our only part is to receive it by faith in Christ. There's no salvation apart from God. None. Verse 10 says that even our good works originated from God. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 64 verse 8, he confesses, he said, he said, yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are the work of your hand. The clay described here is completely useless by itself. Completely useless by itself. It can't make itself into anything. And neither can we. The finished product, think about that. When, 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 when a, a potter spins the wheel and he makes it into what he wants it to make, the clay has no option but to conform, does he? 
The finished product is a result of, of somebody else's work. It must have somebody to shape it, to form it, to create it into what the Creator wants it to be. When we're in Christ, we're that clay. Let me ask you this, though. You know, if, if the clay sits out and not doesn't remain moist, what happens? It dries out. It, it, it becomes brittle and it breaks. And once it dries out, you can't do anything with it, can you? Let me ask you this morning. Have you been worked over with, with the Holy Spirit? I say formed with the holy water, kept fresh with the holy water. Or is your life maybe getting a little brittle and resistant to God's hand molding and shaping you? Has your life become brittle and, and you reject any effort of God's work in your life? See, as long as we're surrendered to Christ, living for Him and not for ourselves, we're still accepting that being formed by God. Our salvation, again, is, is God's free gift of amazing grace. And it's a work of, of Christ's work on, on the cross. And when we surrender to Him, He begins molding and, and shaping us and making us into His likeness. I saw a Facebook post yesterday. It said, everything has gone up in price. <laughs> I had to buy a battery for my truck yesterday. It was crazy. Everything. Everything is getting more expensive. Inflation is getting, you know, our food. Everything. But it said everything has gone up in price except salvation. Except salvation. It's still a free gift because it was paid in full by Jesus. Amen? You see, if we believe in Jesus and accept Him as, your, as our Lord and Savior, our personal Lord and Savior, He will accept us. He will give us salvation. And He will make us His own. Romans 10.9 says, For if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe unto righteousness. It's with your mouth confession is made of salvation. Verse 11 says, Whoever believes on Him will not be put to shame. Have you received Him? Have you experienced God's amazing grace? Because again, it is free and it can be yours. Maybe you have and, and, and maybe, maybe today you've just been thinking that maybe my spiritual life has become 
a little brittle, a little dried out. When we sing our hymn of invitation, Grace Alone, be reminded that it is grace, God's grace, by which we gain salvation. We can't understand grace fully. We can't understand it com completely. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7 says it'll take eternity for us com to, to completely learn the, the, the wondrous grace of God. We can't understand it in its fullness. But we do know that, that the grace of God is one of the most treasured parts of God's great, of greatness. And when we receive God's grace, we'll never be abandoned by God. We'll never be left alone. We'll never be apart from Him. And praise God, we'll never be the same. For He will begin that day, that moment, begin creating you and molding you and shaping you into the person He wants you to be. Chuck Swindoll wrote in his book, The Grace Awakening, he says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. And so God sent us a Savior. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that He did? Aren't you glad that He sent His only begotten Son that if you believe in Him and receive His amazing grace, that you'll be saved? Folks, that salvation is open for, for anybody if you're receiving. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Can you sing that song? Have you received God's amazing grace? Do you know for sure when that day comes for you to meet Christ? That He will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Or will He say, away from me, for I never knew you? You can be sure today where you will spend eternity. Let's pray together. God, Your grace again is so, so amazing. We can't even pretend like we understand whether we comprehend it. We're just grateful that you give it. Because God, we all know that we're unworthy of your love, of your mercy, and of your grace. Father, if there's somebody here that has never received that grace, I pray that they would do that today. That they would confess their sin and would repent of their ways accept you as their Lord and Savior. 
And Father, maybe we've grown a little brittle in our spiritual life, in our walk with you. God, we come back to you this morning just wanting to surrender completely. As that old ball of clay and just say, God, here I am. Use me. Here I am. Mold me and make me to who you want me to be. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.